it's Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church, and we'd love for you to join us. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house. And Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for all God's creation. There's nothing worth more that will ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. I've tasted and seen. Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone Your presence, Lord And Holy Spirit, you are welcome Presence, 
Well, friends, over uh, over 20 years ago now, back in 1999, two cognitive scientists, Chris Chabri and Dan Simons, performed an experiment. And in this experiment, they show their participants a 25-second video. And on this video, there are six people. Three of the people are wearing white shirts, and three of the people are wearing black shirts. And together, these six people are passing two basketballs among themselves. The white-shirted people are passing one basketball. The people in black shirts are passing another basketball. And participants in the study are asked to, as they watch this short video, to count how many times the white-shirted people pass the basketball back and forth. It seems easy enough, remember? Uh, uh, right? Remember, there. this video is only about 30 seconds max, all right? And, and, and so far in the study, we've got a completely reasonable experiment. It's totally normal. Just keep your eyes on the basketball, count the passes, simple. But then, about 10 seconds into the video, a person dressed in a gorilla costume, walks into the frame, beats his chest, and then walks out of frame like it's nothing. And so when the video is over, Shabri and Simons, they ask the participants how many passes they counted. And then they ask, but did you see the gorilla? But did you see the gorilla? The same gorilla who was on screen for nine seconds out of the 25, all right? And it turns out that only half of the participants see the gorilla. Only half see it. And the other half just don't. And they're like, what are you talking about? What gorilla? And and even when Shabri and, and Simons show them the video again, some of them are super incredulous. They're like, 
There's no way that gorilla was in the video the first time. They're convinced that the scientists pulled one over on him and, and swapped the videos out or, or something like that. But, but that's not what happened. It's the same video. It's just that some of them were so focused on the basketball passed among the white-shirted players that they completely missed the gorilla that walked across the screen. If you want to see the experiment for yourself, it's on YouTube. Just uh, Google the invisible gorilla and you can find it. But the scientists learned through this study that even when we think that we know what's going on around us, we can still miss so much. They also learned that our human intuition has limits. Our gut can only get us so far sometimes. And here, even 20 plus years later, perhaps this brief experiment, this brief experiment can, can tell us something about God and how we encounter God and who God is because it's week two, week two of our new sermon series that we're calling, do you remember? Extra, extra, a series about a God who is just too much. Extra, a series about a God who is just too much. And uh, if you happen to miss last week, in which case you should check out our YouTube page or our podcast to catch up. Uh, we talked about how for this series, we're using the slang definition of extra. You remember the definition? Extra means over the top or way too much or super dramatic or excessive. If there's something, if there's something you do that's extra, would you let us know? in the comments. Here are, uh, here are some examples. Uh, Allie this week told me that she regularly picks her outfit of the day based on, uh, the color of, uh, the collar that her dog Alfred is wearing. Uh, Allie's outfit is regularly determined by Alfred's collar. Yeah. Uh, we agreed together that that's extra. She knows, she knows I'm telling you this too. Yeah. And, uh, also extra the fact, look, look with only few exceptions, uh, I have worn a black t-shirt every Sunday morning, since September, 2019 extra. I also needed a new toothbrush. So I ordered one off the internet and it has Bluetooth and an app to go with it. I can feel you judging me. And I know you're right. Super extra. And so is someone uh, dressed in a gorilla costume for a science experiment. Probably, probably. Uh, but the thing is <laughs> that again and again in scripture, we encounter a God who is extra too, just over the top. And that's what we're exploring in this series. And we're also thinking about the ways that, that we may be called in our lives, our lives of faith to be extra as well for the sake of love in the world. And so we're glad you're here for week two of extra, a series about a God who is just too much. And this week we're talking about a God who is extra present, extra present. I had a call earlier this week with a couple of pastor friends uh, uh, about what it means to pastor during a pandemic, because believe it or not, they don't teach you these sorts of things in seminary. And so every now and then some of us will get together on Zoom and share best practices and talk about what we're learning, what we have no idea about, dream and think together about what the church and the world might look like post pandemic. And one of my friends on the call this week said, you know, we've been at this for 10 months now. And she said, I got to tell you, I think February and March are going to be really, really hard. And her reasoning was because for the next six to eight weeks, our time hops and photo memories, all the things that tell us what we were doing a year ago, they're all going to resurface pictures and tweets and all the things that showed us what our lives looked like a year ago before everything changed 
mid-March. And now here in 2021, we've grown accustomed to new rhythms and new precautions like mask wearing and social distancing and, and new normals over these many months to, to, to figure out how to survive, how to live, right? We've discovered how resilient we are by God's grace. But soon, she said, when the one-year mark hits, it could bring on a whole new wave of grief and longing, not only looking backward and yearning for what was, but looking around as well and realizing that we're still in it. And it's hard. I think she's right. It's nearly been a whole year, and that's to say nothing of the 400,000 plus deaths in the United States, one in 800 people. Yesterday, we hit 25 million COVID cases across the country. That's one case for every 13 people, 7.6% of the population. You very likely know some of them. Chances are good that you've been touched by illness or death related to COVID, whether it's you or someone you know or a friend of a friend. But still, there's more, right? We've gone over this. <laughs> the disconnection and isolation and the grief over changed plans or crushed futures and deferred dreams, businesses still struggling, grandparents unable to see their grandkids, whatever it is. And, and as much as we've adjusted and, and feel hopeful about vaccines, rightly so, I still worry about what this will do to us long term. How long will we keep our distance from one another? When we're out on walks, how, uh, for how long will we, will we cross to the other side of the street? When do we get to sing together again? When will we get to hug each other? When will we return to, to in-person worship? I have so many questions, and maybe you do too. And, and, and one of those questions that I hear a lot in times of grief and anguish and uncertainty and fear, especially as a pastor, is this one. I hear this question a lot. Why would God allow this to happen? Why would God allow this to happen? Or, or this one that's similar but different. Why would God cause this to happen? Have you asked this question before? Have you, have you wondered either silently or aloud over the last 10 months? Where is God? Why would God allow this? Why would God cause this? No judgment here if you have. This is a safe place. But maybe at some point, you've wondered why God would do this. <laughs> what kind of a God would, would let this happen? Whether, whether it's related to COVID or anything else you've discovered, you, you've discovered in, in the dumpster fire. Have you asked a question like that? Barkley read our scripture for us this morning. Thank you, Barkley. And, and again, happy birthday. And, and now you may know that traditionally this passage is read on the Sunday after Easter. It's often called the Doubting Thomas passage, which is actually a bit of a misnomer, but that's a sermon for another day. And this story from the gospel according to John, which is John's narrative retelling of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the disciples have just watched Jesus, their leader, their teacher, their brother, their friend, crucified, murdered, the hands of the state, betrayed, arrested, put on trial, and then put to death in the most violent and humiliating way publicly. They pinned their hopes on this man. He was going to bring the revolution, disrupt the status quo, and, and take down the empire. But instead, they watched him die. They saw him take his last breath their dreams dying with him. And so they went home. They locked the door. 
They probably poured one out and perhaps even wondered together, why would God do this? How could God allow this to happen? And in the midst of their disorientation and grief, their uncertainty and fear, what happens? When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. He came to them through the locked door, right into their grief, right into their heartache, right into their disorientation, right into their fear. Jesus came to them, stood among them, gave them the peace that only he can give. Questions like, why would God cause this to happen? And and why would God allow this to happen? Are, are totally reasonable questions to ask, especially When you're the kind of person, and you are, who is wise and enlightened and intelligent and rational, who wants to make sense of the world and find meaning in the hard things, these are good questions that engage your faith. This pastor is proud of you, period, always. But here's the thing. When we ask these questions, as reasonable as they are, we need to think about what they revealed to us about who we understand God to be. In other words, what are the assumptions about who God is that live beneath these questions? Here, think about it. A question like, why would God allow this to happen? Paints a picture of a God who lives far away, detached from our current reality, who before there was anything simply wound up the world like a a tape deck. (laughs) Remember those? Or, or, Or wound a clock and just let it go, only then to sit back and watch what happens, uninvolved, disinterested, out of pocket. And a question like, why would God cause this to happen, gives us a picture of a God who's, who's like an ultimate chess player, moving pieces and strategizing, all part of some master plan in which we are just mere pawns. Are you with me? And I don't know about you, but for me, none of these answers, uh, the, the, uh, the answers that, that, that these questions uh, raise, none of the answers, and even really the questions, none of them leave me satisfied, especially, especially in moments when the waters are raging and, and the dumpster fire is burning. What kind of a God would do that? would leave us hanging, would, would, would stay far off in some aloof palace in the sky, or would intentionally bring harm so as to teach us some lesson. What kind of a God is that? I think sometimes, whether we know it or not, whether we, whether we realize it or not, this is the story we tell ourselves about God. The image we have, this is the picture we paint that, that leads us to questions like, why would God allow this to happen? But this isn't the God that we encounter through Jesus in the story that Barclay read for us. Because the God in that story isn't one who leaves us high and dry, but who instead who instead walks in, walks through every barricade, every locked door, every wall, every barrier to be present with us. Who gets in the mess with us and has the scars to prove it. Reminds me of a story that Jewish writer and teacher and Holocaust survivor Eli Wiesel wrote about in his book, Night, from his time at the Auschwitz concentration camp. 
Wiesel describes watching in horror as a young boy is hanged before a crowd forced to watch. Evil. The boy's only crime being Jewish. And maybe it was horror or disbelief or desperation. But as they watch, someone behind Wiesel shouts, Where is merciful God? Where is he? And later, as the boy dies, the man shouts again, For God's sake, where is God? And Wiesel writes, he writes, And from within me, I heard a voice answer, Where is he? This is where, hanging here from the gallows. This is where, hanging here from the gallows. This is our God with us, Emmanuel. This is the God we know in Jesus, one who is extra present, who doesn't give us burdens to handle, but instead comes into our burdens and walks alongside us, who promises to never leave us or forsake us, who can take our grief, our anger, our honesty, who comforts us in our mourning, goes ahead of us in challenge, breathes on us and offers peace in moments of anxiousness. This is our God, drawing near and abiding, desiring intimacy with you, extra present, always, always extra present. And this may lead to another question, one that I've asked this week, one that was asked of me this week as I was talking about this, this sermon. How do we know? How do we know? How do we know that God is with us? And it's a great question. It's a question I wrestle with. I wrestle with this question too. There are days that honestly I cannot find the answer, but consider the gorilla. <laughs> Consider the gorilla, the gorilla, <laughs> evidence that even when we're trying so hard to be so attentive to what's going on, we can still miss so much, even something right in front of us. We can, we can go about our days completely missing the guy in the gorilla suit. Notice how this passage ends. Do you remember? If you need to read it again, pull it out. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe. In other words, you want to see? You want to see? <laughs> First, let these stories and the ones that you carry of Jesus showing up, stories like, like Zoom midday prayer on Monday for healing, unity, and peace on MLK Day with sisters and brothers from a local AMEZ church, in the community, or delivering 9,000 diapers to the health department for families in need in the community, or hope-filled, soul-stirring words from a young black poet on a national stage, or an encouraging text from a friend that comes at the perfect time, or this time right here, gathered and connected across time and space to discover what God's up to. Let these stories of Jesus showing up, walking in, coming to us, lead you into believing that God is with us, extra present always, because believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. So what are your stories, friends? It's a question for you. How do you know that God is with you, that God is extra present in your life? Would you share your story in the comments if you have one? Thanks be to God. 
it's Allie again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more information about The Local Church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LocalChurchPBO. Until next time, love where you are. Thank you.